for the five minutes I was trying to be an actress, everybody kept saying, you know, you got to lose that accent. Hey, how? I know, same here. Listen, I mean, 20 years out here. No way. My daddy got here this morning, and I'm like, by the end of the night tonight, there's going to be a banjo on my knee. Oh, I got a brand new pair on the skates. You got a brand new jeans. <sighs> All right. Take a minute. We don't have to start right now. I'm yeah, good. I'll just take a sip of liquid death. Take a minute. My mom's so hard. I'm friends with those gals. They're awesome. They were here yesterday. Really? They were so great. Yeah. I liked I, them a lot. I used to do ground links stuff with Jim. Did you really? I didn't know you did ground links. That's how I learned. That's where I started. I didn't know that. Yeah. Ground links is awesome. It's really good. It is. It's hard, but the training's awesome. Why is it hard? Because it's like a boot camp for Saturday Night Live. Okay. So many levels a lot of like um writing a lot of sketch a lot of the higher up you go the harder it gets really and it's like and if once you get to sunday company it's like putting on a you are putting on a brand new show every week that's crazy yeah was it was it so fun really fun but hard yeah i there were a lot of tears not just for me from everybody it was like because you're in a bubble. Yeah. It's like, this is the most important thing. And you're young in your career, so there's a lot of weight on everything. And you probably, I don't know if you did, but I bet a lot of people have to like work a day job. Yeah, I was broke. So you would have to spend a lot of money because you pay to be in the program. And then you have to costume every sketch. Wigs are wildly expensive. Yeah, wigs are expensive, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, so it was, I would like do, uh, I think I did like a, you can get jobs mm-hmm. where like they'll, it'll pay for your dues or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my job was to buy the um, snacks for the green room. It was? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I know snacks. So <laughs> I got to your house and started eating snacks. <laughs> I know snacks too. I'd be like, I'd take that job. Yeah. I'd be the same Because I was like, I know what I want to eat in the green room. So um, then when you came... Did you come here first to L.A.? Yeah, 20 years ago. 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. I know I don't look old enough. You don't, actually. <laughs> A. And B, most people don't understand overnight successes take mm-hmm. 20 years, right? I know. People are, where did you come from? This is like, you know, if they see like my Netflix special, they're like, what a cool break. I'm like, it's amazing. <laughs> But I have been doing this for a while. <laughs> Not exactly a break. Yeah. Bert had the same thing. People would be like, where Where did you come from? And mm-hmm. I, you know, he was doing stand-up before I knew him. Yeah. And I've known him 23 years. Well, there's also so much entertainment now. There's so many um, outlets. Mm-hmm. Not a, It's not like everyone's crowded around the TV at 7 p.m. for the, you know, whatever. It's a hazard. Yeah. <laughs> Where, you know, there's like 40 million people watching one show back in the day. It's just so different now. It's completely different. Yeah. I know Bert was reading Johnny Carson's uh, uh, biography. Mm -hmm. Someone just published. And I don't remember the number, but it was something like 40 million people watched his show every night. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It was a different level of celebrity. There were fewer celebrities. So, like, if you were a known person, it was a very coveted thing. Now you just, you know get your phone out and totally. if you get enough views and hey you're a celebrity you're on your way <laughs> wherever you are in the world yeah so why did you when did you you came here 20 years ago yeah 
Did you come here to do the Groundlings? Because I know a lot of people do come here, like, and that's their aim. Yeah. Um, no, I did theater in college, and it was very new to me. I only did it because I made friends with people in the program, and I was like, oh, this looks really cool. I want to try this. And so I think it was my sophomore year. I tried out for some plays. I was bad. <laughs> I was not good. Uh, but I was coming from this tiny town of 8,000 people. Like, I had never done theater. I didn't know how to build a character. I remember, like, eh, a friend of mine told me a couple years later, like, um, was critiquing me about, like, an audition and it not being great, but in a loving way. But I was like, well, no one was teaching me how to build a character, how to audition. You know, they're like things that you have to learn you know as you go mm -hmm. um i had stage fright uh so i did not think in college like i'm gonna go be a performer in la um it was really happenstance situation i got a a, a personal assistant job and came out here uh as kind of a life experience like oh this will be fun for like a year and i thought i would like do that and go home and i got here and hated the being a personal assistant was terrible at it. Should not do that because I'm not organized enough. And um, then started taking Groundlings classes as a hobby. I was like, I got to make friends. I got to, I want to do something fun. I had heard about all the SNL people and I loved SNL. And I was like, oh, well, that's where Will Ferrell went. And, you know, Lisa Kudrow. Let's see what that place is like. That's so cool. Yeah. And then it just quickly became a passion. I was like, oh, I really love comedy. Stand-up wasn't even in my realm of thinking yet. It's amazing when you grow up in a small town, because my hometown is like 1,800 people, mm -hmm. uh, that you don't realize certain things are an actual job. Oh, yeah. Right? I would have never guessed in a million years you could make money telling jokes. Right. Or being a, and being on TV just did not seem anywhere near a possibility. It's crazy, isn't it? I yeah. know when I think back of when I was graduating high school of what I could do for a living. Yeah. Everything, almost everything I've done for a living mm -hmm. wasn't something I understood yeah. or knew about in any uh -huh. way, shape, or form. I think it's good for people to hear that yeah you know th there's so many different ways to find your path in life you just mm -hmm. followed i guess you just followed your interest yeah i got i kind of was better at that back in the day like i had this sort of naive naivete of just like i don't really i'm not thinking about what could go wrong or how that might be hard i just kind of did things you know mm -hmm. and i do think it was Partly just being naive, mm -hmm. just like not knowing any better. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'll go do this and uh, I'll figure out how to pay. It's not like I can't, I didn't come from money. Nobody was like bankrolling me. You know, I, I was broke um, and I just like, well, I'll just figure it out, you know? And then once I discovered the passion of it, it was like, oh, I will do anything I can to be able to do this because I love it so much. Right. But the beginning part was just sort of clunkily being like, I don't know. I'll try this. This seems fun. But yeah, also being a person who looks like me, if you told me like, what's a movie star? What's a TV star growing up? I'd be like, Julie Roberts, you know, some gorgeous person. 
it was not like someone that looked like me. So I was having to kind of come up against that too, uh, of like no one knew what to do with me for a long time. I didn't fit the mold. Mm-hmm. I didn't look like a TV person. Right. So I had to kind of forge my own path. Which you have done amazingly, beautifully. You. <laughs> You're so fun 20 to 20 years later. <laughs> I know, but hey, it happened. Yes. It happens when it's supposed to happen. True. You seem to be from the outside to be really happy, really fulfilled, personally, professionally. Yeah. You're super great at what you do. Oh, I mean, you would you. walk out on stage and fully loaded and everybody would just die. Like the whole audience would just respond to you so beautifully. They were so nice. I, I think it's just, well, I, I've been lucky like, 20 years out here, I've been on television steady for uh, 13 years. Wow. Um, so I think a lot of people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. It's been a slow and steady build. Mm-hmm. So as I've gone, I've brought different audiences with me, you know, starting early on as a writer and panelist with Chelsea, then, you know, uh, sitcoms and then uh, these other projects and then movies and then stand-up specials it's been a slow and steady rise but there has been 13 years of thank god knock on wood uh, steady television and movie work right um and so i think now when people see me they know me from something not everyone knows me but um so it's really cool to like go like doing birch's fully loaded tour the people that are kind of like oh wait i know her right (laughs) it's kind of fun to see people like dis- discover like how they know me from something. Yeah, they put two and two together. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. that's fortune. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah, it is really cool to see how people kind of put all that together. It was cool to watch his audience discover people in mm-hmm. general and that whole yeah. thing. Well, that's the best part about a festival like that is you're bringing different comics together and uh, he's, you know, opening up his fan base to, uh, to different to seeing dis- different comics yeah it's part of the point yeah right? and i like i like doing it too because you know i, I do have a a lot of females that watch me a lot of uh, female <laughs> audience members um so to like kind of break into that dude world right as i call it it's fun it's pretty heavy dude but there's a lot of ladies in his audience yeah. what really shocks me is that Couples go to see him. Oh yeah, you know date be, night, baby. It's it's to- yeah. totally date night. I think I think it's me. I think because he's say, in love with me. No, it does, that- <laughs> it does. The difference in Bert's comedy with uh, uh, versus some of the other guys is that he's married. He has a family, uh-huh. so you are um, uh, relatable to f- f- anyone that's in a family or in a marriage. You right, know? right. Yeah, that's true. So now, growing up the way you grew up, I know a little bit about how you grew up. Not uh-huh. a lot. But we're definitely, I'm from the South, yep. I'm from a small town, so I'm I'm assuming some stuff about mm-hmm. the culture of the town or mm-hmm. the, you know, place you lived. How did anything from growing up that way mm-hmm. affect you when you came out here positively or negatively? Were there tools you learned from just how you grew up yeah. that, that you th- maybe got you ahead or right. got you to stick to it or figure stuff out? I think there's some there's different aspects to it, good and bad. Uh, being from a small town, I was lucky that it was a town where people were kind. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like one of those southern towns you hear about where everyone's like hateful and mm-hmm. narrow minded. I mean, certainly that exists everywhere. It doesn't sure. matter the south or, or whatnot. I, I grew around uh, I grew up around a lot of lovely 
people. Mm -hmm. um, it was this. It's a small town outside of Charlotte, um, and every there's a lot of people that know each other and look out for each other, and that's a everyone's waving to each other and there's manners and like my grandmother really instilled manners like open doors for people shake hands look people in the eye like kind of that old school like um yeah that don't common courtesy yeah courtesy stuff so when i got to la i was like opening doors for people and looking people in the eye and <laughs> saying thank you. And people almost didn't know what to do with that. Uh, it's too direct yeah, sometimes. Yeah. They were just like, I felt kind of old fashioned to them in that way, which where I was from, it was just a very common thing. You'd talk to strangers. It was like of an openness mm -hmm. that big cities don't have. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I got into the business, I think people were just like, oh, she's different. But <laughs> like to me, it was like, <laughs> that's not different where I'm from. That's just right? like, uh, you're trying to be nice to people and yeah. chat with people. Um, so I think that made me stand out to mm -hmm. folks because they just weren't used to it here. Um, I would say the negative part is being from a small town, you know, you're in a small town. You're not, uh, the internet was not, you know, a thing till I was like getting in college. Um, you didn't have, no one had cell phones. Your dad might've had the, the brick phone yeah, right? in his car, you know? <laughs> so there was a, um, I didn't know a lot of outside of my bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember in college, like learning about different cultures and different people and craving it. Uh, oh my God. Like I want more of this. Like I had like a, really amazing anthropology teacher and um she was like you know come study in mexico this summer and i was like oh i didn't even think that was a possibility like and i because i i didn't have much money like i thought well maybe i'm not gonna be able to do this but i just worked a bunch of jobs and because i really it was important to me to like learn and to grow and to evolve because you know i just didn't have exposure to that i mean going to charlotte was like another planet mm -hmm. as as naive as that sounds now it really was a different time um and so she, that experience really opened my eyes and then i before i moved to la i moved to spain for a year because those two summers and i spent two summers studying in mexico i studied like the mayan ruins and um learned spanish and it was just like so different than how i grew up and that made me want to see more so then I moved to Spain for a year right after college because I didn't want being from a small town to keep me from learning and growing and learning about people and cultures. And um, so then uh, moving to L.A. Um, was didn't feel so like big and crazy. I just lived in Spain for a year and I was like, oh, if I can do that, I can live in L.A. And I just feel like I just as I got I have gotten older, I keep evolving mm -hmm. which you know it's what you hope for it's what you hope for what did you do yeah. while you were in spain um i taught english to uh like i tutored kids in english and then i went to language school trying to learn spanish and then i would um uh i worked under the table um and then uh would take different um periods of time to go travel europe um, because like I said, I'd never wanted not having money to hold me back from, um, going outside of my bubble. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I worked like 10 jobs after I graduated college and I worked from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. I did every job imaginable. 
and earn like nine grand, which to me was like, might as well have been a million dollars. And that's how I was able to go. See, I think what you just described, that work ethic, mm-hmm. is something that comes from a small town. Mm-hmm. Because I know growing up the way I did, I did not know a plumber. Like if something happened in the yeah. plumbing in my house, yeah. someone in my family dealt with it. Oh, that's nice. My family was yeah. not that handy. Oh, no, my family. We <laughs> yeah. were, we were, my town was, even though 8,000 is pretty small. Yeah. 1,800 is tiny. That's really small, and yeah. And the nearest bigger town was about 20 minutes away Mm -hmm. and we were a little over an hour from atlanta okay so like if something happened Mm -hmm. we handled it and had to figure it out Mm -hmm. you know if the well stopped working to pump water right everybody stopped what they were doing to figure Mm -hmm. out how to get the well pump to work right you do we bring in the neighbors and you just work until it's fixed yeah there's no like oh you know what i gotta sit down for lunch now right no no no. you work till it's done (laughs) yeah and part of that's a gift and part of it mm-hmm. is exhausting because then yeah. as an adult you just work till it's done and work is never done right but i know for me when i moved out here i had a similar experience in that i was really broke and i worked mm-hmm. at one time i was managing an apartment building that had 39 units waiting tables wow. while i was waiting tables i was selling avon yeah to the waitresses and I would, uh, I was writing scripts. Yeah. And I was catering on the weekends for like private chefs and private mm-hmm. homes and um, all at the same time. Yeah. So because you just got to make that money. You just got to do it. Yeah. So that you can get that dream that's yeah. not paying you yet. Yeah. Cause I mean, that was the thing is like, I knew that like I came out here and I, I was doing that job, but you know, it didn't pay much money. And, and I, the rent was so expensive. Everything was so expensive. It like really blew my mind. And there was, I knew that like if this, does, I left Spain early, like a month early because I ran out of money. Mm. And then I got a babysitting job uh, for like a week. It gave me enough money to drive out here. And mm. I, I only had, I could only um, get a $250 credit card at the time. They wouldn't approve uh, me for anything more <laughs> than that because I had nothing. I had no credit, nothing. <laughs> And I maxed that out. I I literally had twenty dollars to my name when I arrived to LA. Uh-huh. Like I knew a friend here that I slept on her couch until we could eventually find an apartment together. And um, I just knew there was no backup plan. The backup plan would have been to move home and just start over and you know go to figure it out. Um, but no one was going to be able to get me out of any jams. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was this mentality of like because I had worked hard to go to Mexico to go to Spain I knew how to like just sort of hustle like you're saying you know I was doing you know all kinds of jobs painting people's houses babysitting dog walking you know the the call the people that call for surveys on the phone like whatever (laughs) it took um and uh and that ethic work ethic did come with me here which i think has been the driving force of my whole career yeah i think something about uh that roll your sleeves up get whatever job done Mm -hmm. needs doing is so valuable and raising kids in la is kind of hard to teach i'm sure yeah it's kind of hard to teach and when you have success you know you're doing well i imagine that's hard even harder those lessons are hard too because as much as it sucks to like, you know, have the light shut off or the you know the water bill hadn't been paid, 
that does build character, you it know, does. it does motivate you to be like, I remember being like, I'm, I'm going to work hard and, and be in a position where I can pay that water bill. Heck yeah. You know, and, and my mom did the best she could. She was a you know, single mom and she was a teacher and there was three kids. It just was a lot of expenses and summers were tighter. And so you just knew that at some point the water might. Yeah. <laughs> <show> right. <laughs> we had that a time or two as mm-hmm. well, where you just go, okay, well, guess that's what it is today. Yeah. And you just move on and figure out how to, yeah. Put some light on some other way if your light bill had been For paid. For sure. It's but a, we had a roof over our head, uh-huh. you know, food on the table. So mm-hmm. you can't, you don't really complain, but you just take it as a motivation to like, what can I do for this next generation right. of my, me and my, whatever my family looks like. Yeah, totally. To be different than that. Now, I have an Uncle Scotty. Okay. Love you, Uncle Scotty. Uncle Scotty. To this day, yeah. I moved out of Georgia in 1993. Okay. To this day, he says to me, Leanne, when you going to move home back oh. to Georgia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I've been gone since 93. Right. I'm not moving home. Yeah. Do people still do that to you when you go home? Or do you ever go home much? I go home, yeah, for sure. I'm just talking to my mom about going to go visit soon. I go home a couple times a year. Um, and if I'm not home, like my mom or dad will drive to if I'm somewhere in the south vicinity, they'll come to a show or something mm-hmm. every now and then. My dad came out here for the first time in 20 years. He had never been out here. No way. And he came out. We filmed Celebrity Family Feud. You did. Yeah. We did that too. It was so yeah. fun. It was. I really wanted to do it for him. Yeah. Um, and he loved it. I mean, it was like his friends were reaching out to him. It's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. But it my I now I have uncles or had uncles that sound like your uncle. And if they were alive, they would be asking me that <laughs> question for sure. But at this point, I think most people know like um I the West Coast suits me. Uh-huh. Like I, I love going home and to visit. I like that like slower pace. Um, but I'm a West West Coast gal now. I like the pace here. Mm-hmm. It's like still not as crazy as like New York, but it's not as slow as the South. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I love the weather. Me, me too. So I ain't going I'm nowhere. West Coast girl too. Mm-hmm. All the way. When yeah. all these comics moved to Austin, I was like, bye bye. Yeah, right. Where am I going? Because I don't want to live in Austin. No offense to Austin. Yeah. I love where I live. Me too. I love my friends. Mm-hmm. And my kids grew up here. Yeah. I am. You I'm made done. a good life for yourself out here. We did okay. Yeah. We did all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're so lucky. Yeah. I mean, we all are so freaking lucky. Absolutely. Really lucky. Um, if you weren't a comic, what do you, if you, if nothing had panned out and you had to mm-hmm. go back home, what do you think you would have done? Yeah, people ask me that. I don't know. It's funny because I was always a bit more of an academic than people would probably assume mm-hmm. about me. I was kind of a secret nerd. <laughs> I was like always athletic. I was on all the sports teams and I, I was the person that was friends with all the different groups. Um, so it wasn't like, a, you know, some cheerleader type, <laughs> but I was like a sociable, like personable person. But like, I remember in college, I would be hanging out all night and then like at midnight, I would go in my room and study till like four in the morning. Um, so I think I would have probably gone to grad school. Uh, my mom was heartbroken when I didn't go to uh, grad school. Cause she I, was? Yeah, because 
she's very academic. She's like a very smart woman. I gra- I graduated summa cum laude, which shocks people. <laughs> That's amazing. I think because of my accent. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember my mom saying at my graduation when they announced it, someone was like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, and I, she really wanted me to go to grad school, but once I found comedy, I was like, that's just a waste of money. I yeah. know what I want to do now. Um, so, yeah, it would have been something. I don't have a specific answer, but it would have been something in an acad- like a more academic path. Mm-hmm. I thought at one point I wanted to be a lawyer, but I know now that that would not have suited me. No. Um, but I, I did like, I always like public speaking, uh, even if you took the comedy out of it. Mm-hmm. I gave a couple speeches in college for um, graduation and stuff. Uh, I was a commencement speaker, and I love I love that. So I might still have found a way to do like public speaking, so or teacher or something mm-hmm. like a, a professor, something like. Well, that. The, I don't know if I would have been a good teacher when I taught those kids English in Spain. <laughs> one of them failed <laughs> English, oops, because <laughs> they just wanted to have fun. With me, they were like, no, you're fun. Like, they, they were these kids that were from a, a well-to-do family who wanted them to be very, you know, rigid. And here I came, like, the goofball. And they are like, no, I want to, like, you know, let's play these games. And I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't know they had, like, tests and homework because I had a language barrier with the parents. Right. And it turned out the one kid was having, like, tests every week that I didn't even you know had no about. idea. Oh, my God. And failed English. That's hysterical. <laughs> you just went to Spain, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Was it fun? It was really fun. Your yeah. pictures looked amazing. Yeah, we went out there um, to, you know, just have a little vacation. Chelsea invited us, and uh, we just have not had a lot of work-life balance, mm-hmm. my wife and I. It's been work, 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 especially since the quarantine lifted. I feel like everybody tried to make up for lost time mm-hmm. and went double time. Right. And she kind of had to have a talk with me of like, we have to like have a life too. Mm-hmm. I was like, fair enough. It's hard, isn't it? I know have yeah. Bert, Bert just just was home mm-hmm. for, I don't know, five weeks or seven weeks. Yeah. And that's the longest he's been home in a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, like not joking, maybe in, in a year or so. <clears throat> yeah. And um we have that talk a lot too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he he and I have the same philosophy, which is it kind of sucks sometimes, which is make hay right. while the sun shines. Right, right. Like everything's firing on all pistons right now. Why in the world would we go in? Let's just go ahead and go to the Cayman Islands. I know. We? But <clears throat> you have to at a certain point say, no, no, no. Yeah. That stopping down allows Mm-hmm. All this creativity and all this other stuff to happen in your life, and, right? And uh, it is important to make sure your relationship is mm-hmm. your relationship, and not you know, yeah. Especially Bert and I work so much together. I don't know. Does Jack's work for, for yeah. you? Yeah, I thought so. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, she's like on part of the management team now. She's always been very hands on with me and my career. Like we go on walks and talk about you know jokes for my my stand up. She's executive produced both my specials Mm -hmm. she she was on tour with me so much she was Mm -hmm. seeing every set Mm -hmm. giving notes and she we went frame by frame on my last special with you know five cameras here five cameras here just two shows literally going second by second of pulling things she's right there with me and she's 
very good at decision making and I really trust her opinion. So yeah, she's um she's not as in the forefront as you because she's like painfully shy at times, you know, but she's in the background making a lot of decisions. Um and uh and so yeah, a lot of our life is revolves around my career. Mm -hmm. And you know, I never want her to feel like um that she's sacrificed any part of herself for me. I want her to feel good and well-rounded and mm -hmm. that, you know, this is happy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I try to check in about what do you, what do you need? Because a lot of people are checking in with me. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I don't want to neglect her in that way. And also, you know, success at the end of the day is like, I've seen people get success and, and come home to nothing. And it is an, a very lonely, empty feeling. And I didn't know if I would ever get to have both the marriage and the success. Mm -hmm. I did think at one point, maybe you can only have one. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I know I'm lucky to have both right now. And mm -hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to mess that up, you no, know. I'm taking that for granted. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you found an amazing human being Aww, to share you. your life with. I've She's... talked to her a lot at the mm -hmm. improv thing that we did. Yeah. I've talked to her before. Obviously, yeah. I know her. Mm -hmm. But every time I talk to her, I leave going, my God, she is just a great human being. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, you're a great human being also. Uh, but yeah, she's really yeah. special. She is. And. It takes people a minute to to get to know her because she She's is shy. so shy. Mm -hmm. Like, and I always say to people, like, if you just like, you know, give it a minute, she'll come around or ask her questions. Sometimes my family's like, we don't know her well. Like, ask her questions. Yeah, right. It's not ask hard. Her she's. Yeah. She's not an open book, but she's yeah. open. Yeah. Yeah. When I talk with her, because mm -hmm. I ask everybody so many questions. Yeah. She'll talk to me about anything. Yeah. Well, she you feels know. very comfortable around you. I can always tell when she's comfortable, who she's comfortable with, because she does start to open up more. But oh. I've been lucky that, you know, like, obviously, we have a different dynamic because she's my partner. Um, So she's very open with me. And I, I always know when people see what I see, they're, you know... It's game over. They're gonna love her. Oh yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, she's. Awesome. So I'm I'm very lucky, and she's super supportive, and and has helped my career and helped ground me. She's helped me learn boundaries. That was never a strong suit of mine, and you know, just a good. We're different in a lot of. We're similar in a lot of ways, and different in a lot of ways. And I think the differences have benefited me and my growth. Right. Marriage is an interesting thing, I think. Mm -hmm. I think people think when they see something like maybe you and Jax, but definitely me and Bert, sometimes mm -hmm. people feel like or assume that I gave up everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a writer. I was more successful with than Bert when we met. Which I, when you said that about writing scripts, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know yeah. that you wrote. Yeah, I wrote screenplays. I wrote comedy yeah. and romantic comedy screenplays. I wrote oh, eight wow. total. Yeah. Uh, one got made. Four uh -huh. got optioned. That's amazing. Uh, it was a great. I, well, I toot my own horn. I thought I was great. That's not an easy it. feat. Yeah. No, I loved it. I yeah. just loved it. And when I met Bert and, uh, um, I was still writing until I got pregnant with Georgia and I got uh -huh. pregnant with her. I got so morning sick. I was like, I couldn't do anything. And yeah. then he went on tour when she was three days old. Oh, wow. So at that point I was like, well, 
I can write later. I yeah. can't write and be a stay-at-home mom and manage this apartment building mm-hmm. so that we can so that you can go on the road. So yeah. I'm gonna stop down and do this. I have no regrets about it at all. Yeah. And I do similar to what Jax does with mm-hmm. his specials. We go on walks and talk about jokes, always yeah. have. I was mm-hmm. the cameraman for all his promos back in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. But I think what's interesting to me is what happened for me mm-hmm. is I had a career and I had a path, right? Yeah. And once my my kid and my husband came into the picture. Mm-hmm. I wanted my path to be this. Right. That's what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to be mom mm-hmm. who got to see and be involved in yeah. everything my kids did. And I think sometimes if you look at some really happy marriages, mm-hmm. it is a, a their team. You're a team. Yeah, you're a team. And, yeah. and sometimes... You're playing, it may look like the guy's sport. Right. But really, it's a sport you play together. Mm-hmm. I had examples of that in my childhood. Like, my dad's best friend was a doctor, and his mm. wife ran the office. Okay, so yeah. So, one would think, oh, well, she's, it's all about him. Right. She was so fulfilled. She's anchoring it In her too, work. Yeah. She loved what she did. Mm-hmm. And then my best friend, Becky, in middle school, her dad was a construction guy, and mom was just like the rock that yeah. held everything together. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was amazing because at the end of the day, to me, the most important thing yeah. is your relationships with your kids and yeah. your partner. And the career will ebb and flow, will mm-hmm. be hot and cold. But if that's good, yeah, then life is good. Absolutely. I yeah. Still- <clears throat> Yeah, I mean it's it is the gr- the grounding thing that you need because this business is like so fickle, and I and you talk about Bert and me and people not being too scared to take time off. There is that scarcity thing that you have, but you have to have the balance. You have to have like I I'm sure when Bert comes home, there's such a sense of of like groundedness and it <laughs> feels good and. And yeah, I had never been in a team before Jax. I had dated and stuff, but never been in a serious relationship. This was very new to me. I think I get sensitive about people being like, oh, this is Fortune's wife. Like, yes, she's my wife, but she is her own person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were plenty of sacrifices she did have to make. Mm -hmm. You know, she moved here for me from Chicago. Mm -hmm. She was a teacher um, and a really amazing teacher. I'm like, here's the thing about Jax is she could do, go do 20 jobs right now and be like the best mm-hmm. at whatever that job is. She's just choosing not to right now because this crazy career is kind of all consuming. And so she's help, choosing to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean she's not capable of doing a thousand other things. Like she was one of the best elementary school teachers. You know, I witnessed it myself. Uh, these kids that like had never had a book read to them before. She's getting these five-year-old kids with like no support at home, nothing. It's like second grade reading levels. She came to LA and taught for a year and the parents were like, can we tape you? Like (laughs) how do, like, can we bottle what you do and other teachers learn from it? But you know, she's just like, she's like not very like, she don't want attention or anything she's just so capable like you so smart so good and so Bert and I are lucky to have a teammate who's so capable so I never want her to ever feel less than because she's choosing to help me so much right 
Well, I know I feel really lucky to be partners with Bert because mm-hmm. I am never bored. Yeah, I bet. Ever bored. He keeps you on your toes, I would imagine. Never. Not a- just with his, you know, shenanigans, <laughs> but with the, uh, the, the extreme and constant creativity. Right, yeah. I freaking love it. That's great. Well, let's see all the perfect partners. Yeah. Because, like, some people wouldn't know how to to harness that with him, you mm. know? I don't know if I know how to harness it. <laughs> But I definitely feel like I'm really good at riding the bucking bronco. There you right? go. So I can hold on. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely not as creative as he is. Uh-huh. But I understand creativity in a yeah. way that works for him and for yeah. us. But yeah, I, I think about all the time how much fun life has been mm-hmm. being a partner to someone who gets to. Yeah. Because you really get to live this really unique, beautiful, amazing, yeah. creative life. And yeah. I don't want to be, in, I mean, I'm in the spotlight more than Jack's, mm-hmm. but I don't, I'm not, I don't want to get on stage with a mic and talk to anybody. I don't right. want to be in front of the camera and do any of that. I yeah. thought I did when I was younger. Really? Yes. I thought I wanted to be an actress and yeah. I learned pretty soon. I actually don't like the attention, uh-huh. but I like the creativity of it. Yeah. I liked the what does this character do and why? Right. And why are they saying that? That part, that's why I liked writing. Yeah. Because nobody saw me. <laughs> I was in a room going, yeah. I'm going to make everybody do all this stuff. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, I didn't like that part of it. Yeah, um, she hates attention. I bet. Uh, I have to, like, beg her if, like, she wasn't supposed to do, like, for example, Family Feud. She's like, no, I do not want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to be on camera. And my mom got COVID the the last minute. No and way. Jet, so Jack, well, she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and like we did this like remodeling show. It was supposed to be like three weeks. It was like four months. It was her nightmare. She does not want to be on camera. I have to like be like, please, can you just do this like little thing or a photo shoot? Like she used to do my podcast with me more. And she's like, I don't want to sh- keep sharing my life with people. I said, that's fair. But she doesn't like resent me or keep me from doing you know my job like right. i i've had been with some people in the past that like if someone came up to me and said hi or they were like, oh you're like well i don't know what to tell you like this is kind of not my fault this means i'm doing a good job exactly exactly well we've been trying to teach our kids that we keep going yeah you should say thank you that just paid for your college right you yeah know, come on now don't, yeah, don't do that. You just have to. There's. I'm so grateful. Yeah. To anyone who cares about my comedy, about any part of my life, like yeah. it's such a, a treat and and such a rarefied error that I know I'm in that anyone gives a crap totally. about anything that I'm talking about. You know. Totally. So how did you get from the groundlings to stand up? How did you get into stand up? So I was going through the program at the groundlings, and it was very competitive. And they at the time did not have a lot of opportunities for performance. Mm. You're just going through a school, but not performing. I was mm. like, that is, to me, it just seemed like that I cannot grow. No one can grow without putting this into practice. So I reached out to some people in my improv groups. I mean, classes and said, you want to start an improv group? They're like, well, I'm sure, I guess. So like, I would go to bars around LA and be like, hey, uh, on a Sunday at like three o'clock, could we do like an improv show in this back part of your bar? They're like, I guess. <laughs> so we just started doing these like shows for our friends. And then that led to us renting out theaters to do sketch shows and whatnot. And 
uh, someone came to one of those sketch shows and she was like, you're a stand-up. Like, why are you, your voice is very specific. Because uh, you can see like who wrote what sketch or whatever. And she's like, why are you not doing it? I go, it seems very scary. I don't know how. Because again, I was very studious. Like, I don't know the how A plus B equals C with stand-up. And she's like, no, you just kind of have to do it. But she goes, take a... Uh, uh, my friend's class and I ended up taking a stand-up class because uh, again I needed that like structure yeah and I'll and it basically just gets you up at a microphone mm-hmm. uh, and you go oh this isn't so scary right. I actually like this and then at the end of the six weeks uh, we had a show in the belly room uh, of the comedy store and that you get that laugh you know in an audience and it when they say uh, as my mom says, I got bit by the bug. <laughs> um, you do feel like, oh, this is this is it. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you grow up with a lot of good storytellers or joke tellers? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a big a Southern thing. Mm-hmm. You, there's a lot of, like, I, as I described, characters, quote unquote. Uh, if I could name 10 people that, like, people would be like, that person is not real. And you're like, no, no, no. That oh. is... Should yeah. we compare? Would yeah, you like I to know, riff? Right? I have one or two myself. There's just so many like characters mm-hmm. in the South. You're like this. You're if I try to explain to someone <laughs> you, they would not believe me. Exactly. So I think having the eccentric people around and everyone's telling stories that just sort of rubbed off on me. Of, mm-hmm. And my stand up's very much storytelling. It is. I am not good at the setup punchline thing, but that also for me. It works for some people really well. It does not. It's not authentic with me as and my personality. No, it's not. I need to. I need it to feel real. Yeah. Like, let's have a real conversation. Even though I'm doing the talking, you're following. Hopefully, this story, and I, I'm hoping you can picture these people and taking a taking you on a little journey. But that that's had to evolve over the years. My right. storytelling. Right. At first, you're just like, what? I think I talked about strawberries or something at first. <laughs> you know, you don't really have a lot of meat on the bone in the beginning. And that's something that has to evolve as you evolve. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just I from there um, started uh, the guy that taught the class had a regular Sunday show at the belly room. Um, and he said, I'll give you 10 minutes if you want to run the music for the show. And. 10 minutes every Sunday for an entire year is a like a brand new brand new stand-up is like unheard of yeah so I I got to build all this material really quickly that's awesome and uh and it really helped me get on this this path of like oh this is what I want to do that's what you want to do mm-hmm. well you're really good at it well thank you it's really fun to watch I did you. teeter those two worlds of stand-up and sketch comedy for a while you not did. really knowing what was my path mm-hmm. i tested twice for snl they flew me out there i thought that was the dream you know and um i didn't even do stand up for my audition that's how much i kept those worlds separate wow and uh didn't end up getting it and then i thought okay well i'm gonna sketch is gonna kind of go i'm gonna put it over here and then i when i did chelsea's show um i got to do both it was a lot of stand up and then they would always have me dress in characters and do these crazy sketches and right. so then I got to kind of live in both worlds but but yeah as I've gone through my career stand-ups really taken a front seat yeah 
I think stand-up is something that no one can take away from you and you don't mm-hmm. need anybody else to do it. Yeah. It's one of those things. I think Patrice O'Neill said that to Bert before mm-hmm. I knew Bert. He was he got a TV show. Yeah. And he was with Patrice when he got the show. And uh-huh. Patrice said, whatever you do, don't stop doing stand-up because yeah. nobody can take it away from you. Mm-hmm. And Bert heard it and went, okay. And yeah. never, ever, even when he's on Travel Channel and all that stuff, always did stand up yeah it's such a you only mm-hmm. gig it's really smart well yeah and it you're telling people exactly who you are too mm-hmm. like without this middleman being you know uh no one knew what to do with me for so long i was getting nose constantly and i do think stand-up allowed me uh during that time of people you know back then when i started it wasn't um a positive thing to be different Mm -hmm. now everyone's like what's unique about you like back then they're like nah we don't like this um so stand-up allowed me to just say to people directly here is who i am Mm -hmm. here is my story in a way that acting and and sketch and improv that didn't allow you that opportunity isn't that interesting yeah it's really good Mm -hmm. because who you are is so awesome you know and i know when i was for the five minutes I was trying to be an actress, everybody kept saying, you know, you got to lose that accent. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I'm a how? I know, same here. Listen, I mean, 20 years out here. No way. Every time yeah. I, my daddy got here this morning and I'm like, uh-huh. by, by the end of the night tonight, yeah. I'm going to be like, there's going to be a banjo on my knee <laughs> by the end of the day because uh-huh. I just can't help it. I know. it. Uh, I mean, I'm. you've been out here longer than me, but like, I'm doing all this different acting stuff and the the accent is always there. I'm like, I will play that character, but it will have a slight <laughs> Southern accent. <laughs> What's the favorite project you've ever worked on? Oh, gosh. I uh, doesn't have to be TV, just in general. What's your favorite? I know it's the cabin, but anyway, I'm know, just kidding. That's <laughs> right. He's got to squirt boats, but all. <laughs> I mean, doing my stand-up specials, I really love because it taught me like how to, um create my own thing and like be a big part of the whole process i really love learning the whole business in that way um i shot uh, one of my favorite things is something that no one ever saw and will ever see i sold a pilot um about my life like loosely based uh, it was a sitcom i sold uh with tina fey and robert carlock as the producers they were uh, did 30 rock together and um, we shot it for ABC and one of the coolest experiences of my life. I got to, you know, it was also the most heartbreaking thing because I got a taste of what th- that would look like. And then it all went away when it didn't get picked up. Mm. Um, but it was, you know, had my name was in the title of the show. Annie Potts played my mom. Oh, I, I love her. I know she's amazing. Uh, John Carroll Lynch played my dad, like just solid people. And I got to play, you know, a version of myself, and and it was just such a awesome experience, and and, and it's surreal, you know. I just remember thinking like, this is wild, you know, being from that small town. Like, I'm driving a golf cart with my name on the golf cart because you know the, the show is called Family Fortune, and um, so yeah, that was a really cool thing. And there's always different things. Like, I just shot. I'm not allowed to say the titles of things uh because of the strike but um i just shot a really cool action series with arnold schwarzenegger i never thought in a million years i'd get to do 
something like that, right? You know, and I, I, yeah. So I'm always like being introduced to these things that I never thought I'd get to do, and I think that's the coolest part of this business, right? Something that I've thought about you from the first time I met you uh, is that you are just so comfortable as who you are. Interesting. In yeah. every way. And, and maybe if, if I'm misreading that and you don't feel like that's accurate, Mm-mm. but, uh, and not everybody on the planet, no matter their job yeah. or what they do or who they are, feels like that. Yeah. I'm pretty comfortable mm-hmm. in who I am. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Have you always been that way? Were you ever someone who were like, mm, I don't know who I am. I feel yeah. lost. Or are you someone who were like, oh, I don't know that I want to be who I am. Mm-hmm. Or because, because I only ask because you are so very much yourself. Yeah. Uh, and so you're just so awesome as yourself. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I want people who listen who may be feeling lost yeah. in themselves to go, it's okay to be yourself. I want to know if you've always been that way. Yeah. Or, and so, yeah, it was just interesting to hear because I, I, I'm always curious how people perceive me, you know, because I, I, I just, to me, I'm like, oh, just kind of, this is me, you know. Like, I, I'm just sort of this, uh, I don't know really how to be anything else. I mean, I play these characters yeah. and I go into these different worlds, but I, it's never occurred to me to be anybody else but but myself. I, maybe that's from laziness. I'm like, this is <laughs> what you see is what you get. Um, but I don't know. There's a couple of things that might lead to that. I, I do. I am comfortable with who I am. Yeah. I mean, uh, I am not living in a... Um, world i know what i look like i know what my shortcomings are i know there's a lot of stuff that to work on i certainly look in the mirror and go oh i'm so fat like i gotta (laughs) you know i pull it together like i'm like everybody else in that regard but at the end of the day uh i I do like myself and i'm grateful for that because i know that is so hard Mm -hmm. and i see like the most gorgeous people well, they have so much going for them. They're so smart. Hate themselves. And I'm like, oh, I hate that for them mm-hmm. because, you know, we can see so many great things in other people and you want so bad for them to see that in themselves. So I only th- I think mine comes from um, I had a really special grandmother who I was like so close to, like kind of soulmates in a, in a weird way. Uh, who I, I spent much of my childhood kind of like her shadow. Mm. And she just gave me this like unconditional love Aww. of like, like you are, you're good. And, and, you know, she made me feel like I'm good, you know, and that, and she gave me a real solid foundation of like, uh, of just like being happy with who I was. And so that meant a lot. She passed away when I was 18. Mm. Um, and that was a tough thing, but, um, but what she did for me in those early years really set me up in a really special way uh, for for my life. And and my mom has um, plenty of shortcomings that she'll be the first to tell people about as well. But she has a genuine um, like of herself, mm-hmm. even in spite of all of our shortcomings. Mm-hmm. So that probably helps me, too. And she also had the foundation of my grandmother, who was an unconditional love person for her. Um, so I think, um, you know, having someone in your corner that gives you that kind of love is really important Mm -hmm. and they're not nitpicking at you. And 
my grandmother was never, there was, you know, like, there's an extreme of it, of like where you're, you're making someone delusional. Right, <laughs> it was right, not right. Like that. It's not like that. Yeah. It's not that you could do no wrong. Yeah. It's just that you knew at the core mm-hmm. that she loved you exactly as you were. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, there were definitely times growing up where, you know, I was always, I've always been a big girl. I've always been overweight. And that never felt good. You know, as a kid, you'd get picked on sometimes. And uh, I certainly, I not knowing I was gay for a long time was hard because boys, I was not the object of their affection. And there is a part of your childhood where you go, what is wrong with me? What, why does this guy not want to, you know, talk to me and you think something's wrong with you. So I certainly had plenty of times where I felt really terrible about myself because I thought something was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think coming out did a lot for my Mm self-esteem and is why I'm so um, verbal in my stand-up and my message of like representation matters. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of representation growing up. If I can be some sort of representation for people, I'll take it because coming out, I just felt like I finally know who I am. And it was the greatest relief Uh and sense of like everything makes sense now Uh that it just freed me in a way Uh that I can't describe. And I think that also added a layer to it. Yeah. Your grandmother probably set the stage for when you were finally ready or Mm -hmm. that happened that yeah. you're like okay I'm good honesty is the only way to live your life yeah and we're taught sometimes not to be honest mm-hmm. just to be able to fit into social norms even you know I was always a tomboy I was always mm-hmm. filthy dirty really yes and <laughs> not girly no mm-hmm. dresses my mom almost insisted that I always wear a dress and you know my parents divorced and when I go to my dad's he did not give mm-hmm. a shit what I look like yeah how I dressed, what food I ate. I never put shoes on from Friday afternoon when he picked me mm-hmm. up till Sunday when he dropped me off. Yeah. And when you get a certain age, that doesn't work. Right. It doesn't yeah. work. It's too as too threatening to girls uh-huh. and it's too threatening to boys. Interesting. And yeah. so then you go, well, I got nobody. Mm-hmm. And even into my young adultness, I felt lost for different reasons mm-hmm. than what you just described. Yeah. But I definitely understand what you mean. And then when mm-hmm. you get really honest with yourself, yeah, you can go, oh, well, this is really actually not a big deal at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you kind of like live your truth, huh? you're just like, no one can take that away from me. That's right. And when you don't know who you are and suddenly discover who you are, there's such a power in that, mm-hmm. that I do. I started comedy and came out in the same year. Oh, wow. And I don't think it's a coincidence. And I feel like who I am from that day forward is totally different than who I was pre that time. I'm a totally different person than I was pre that mid twenties era. How are you different? Just like, Knowing who I am and that comfortability probably started there because mm-hmm. there was awkwardness with me not knowing mm. how to talk to a guy. Like, am I trying to go on a date with him? Do I want him to like me? Mm-hmm. 
do I look right? Is this outfit girly enough? <laughs> like there's a lot of confusion in that. Mm -hmm. And I was probably meeker at that point because of that confusion. So once I realized who I was, I was like, the confidence came, the, you know, the sense of self appeared. I mean, I have things to figure out. Listen, I was very clumsy with dating in the beginning. I <laughs> spilled coffee on the table. <laughs> I didn't know how to talk to girls. Like I wasn't like some fully formed human. Right. I still had a lot of growing to do, but it was like, oh, well, I can at least know the path that I'm on now. Right. You know, so that just knowing where you're going is half the battle. Heck yeah. So sounds like what you described as sketch comedy or stand up. Right. Where you're like, boy, girl, oh, girl, oh, now I can yeah, do now, this. Yeah. Once I knew what I wanted to do for a career, boom, yeah. everything's going down that path. If you don't know what you want to do, if you don't know what you like, you're kind of flailing, right? Uh -huh. But I'm like, I'm gay, that path. I'm in comedy, that path. Right. It just helped, I don't know, set me on a, a more specific path. But I mean, I certainly I can reel it. There are times where Jax is like, okay, you are a little too comfortable out. Like my hair is crazy. <laughs> I'm in sweatpants. She's like, you got, we got to pull it together a little bit. Like there's, I go, I'm always like, I don't care. Like, you know, people either like me or they don't. She's like, yeah, but like, we got to try. Care a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Care a little bit. Just a little bit. So I got to find a happy medium with it. I think everything you described <laughs> is what, I would like my kids to know mm -hmm. is your 20s. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because oh, yeah. even though I I like men, I always have. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what kind of man I liked. Yeah. I had, so my whole 20s was like, well, I'm going to date this guy. That's mm -hmm. not it. Yeah. Everybody I dated before Bert was nothing like Bert. Really? At all, straight laced, three-piece suit mm -hmm. type buttoned up. I was the loud one. I was the funny one. I was the... Yeah. I, I was a creative one because uh -huh. I was a writer. And I never dated anybody like Bert. And I spent that whole time going, what's wrong with me? Right. Why can't I figure out what's going on yeah. here? Why am I going from writing to acting mm. to writing to all this stuff? But I think that's what you're supposed to be oh, doing in your 20s, right? For sure. No, no one has it figured out. I mean, st Nobody. there's still things I don't have figured out where I'm oh, trying no. to, you know, I'm always like, I got to get my life together. You know, and like uh, other people can look on the outside looking in and being like, oh, you've got it so together. But you feel discombobulated at different times in your life. But the 20s are for sure the time where you should be like trying on different hats, uh -huh. experiencing different things. You're going to have different jobs, date different people. So, like, not having pressure on yourself to That's get right. it right. Yeah. So many people are just, we're just trying. Yeah. We're just trying to figure it out. We're just human in yeah, it. Yeah, like, human in it up. <laughs> give yourself some, like, grace, right? Some grace. I know, I, I think the 20s, the question for the 20s is, who am I? Mm -hmm. And the question for your 30s is, what do I want? Yeah. Like, you, what do I want is in your 20s, too? 40s, like, I'm tired. <laughs> I've had enough. I've had enough. Can we push pause? My hip hurts. Right? <laughs> How did you come to have a podcast with Tom Papa? Uh, by oh, the way, I freaking love him. He's great. Yeah. He's such a solid dude, yep. right? Um, Yeah, that was, we're on year four now, which seems crazy to me. I never set out to to be a radio host. You know, I, I interned in college for a radio show and I was like, never doing this again because they had to be up so early. And um, it was such a, a, a interesting job. But I think Netflix had reached out to him about doing because he had 
has a show come to Papa that he's always done with Sirius XM that's like once a month. And I think they thought, you know, he's like a good, steady person that knows comedy, loves comedy, is friends with a lot of comics, and, um, you know, said, uh, what do you think? And you should have a co-host. And um, my name came up, and he called me. I didn't know him that well. We had met through some comedy friends, like, here and there. So we were, like, two kind of strangers, just me like, are we going to, like, talk to every each other every day for two hours, four days a week, I guess. So we just sort of blindly went into it. But um, yeah, it's like such a part of my life now. I wake up every morning and do that show for two hours and then my day starts. That's awesome. Yeah. You must be still enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm like, how much can we talk about snacks? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I talk about snacks a lot. But I'm always shocked at the feedback, like uh, how many people are listening. And because, you know, when you're sitting in a room like this, there's a mic. You and I feel like we're just talking to each other. Yeah. There is a part of you that kind of forgets. Oh, this is going out for everyone to sort of, you know, um, be like a third party to to this conversation. And because we're so comfortable with each other, I think sometimes we do forget we're on the radio. I'm like <laughs> eating sometimes. He's like, people are like, can you not eat on the radio? I'm like, oh yeah, my bad, guys. Oops. Um, but yeah, we're very comfortable with each other now. And just uh, at the end of the day, the show's about comedy. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's a place where we talk to a lot of comics and um, watch people's specials. Like it always comes back to stand up and mm -hmm. uh, the appreciation of that art form. That's awesome. And how's your new podcast? Handsome, right? It's good, yeah. yeah. It, that that was kind of like a out of nowhere kind of like thing. I Tig called and was like, "What do you want to do a new, a new podcast?" And at first, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't add one more thing to the list." But then when she was kind of describing what she had in mind, I was like, "Oh, that sounds kind of interesting." What and, is it? Tell me what she described. Um. Well, she didn't. We didn't really know. We just thought like. Let's do a podcast that has, you know, LGBTQ host. Um, that's kind of like how Smartless has th those three guys mm -hmm. that are friends and know each other and they they talk about things and have a good time. What is like maybe a gay version that uh, of three friends? You don't really you, you don't really see that in our um, community as far as podcasts. Uh, let's kind of put our comedy forces together and have fun. And and uh. Take called May Martin, who's a really funny um, Canadian comic who lived in the UK for a long time, who's really breaking out a lot mm -hmm. in the US uh, right now. Had a show on Netflix that did really well. Um, so yeah, we we kind of discovered the f the format as we went. We we actually f taped a couple episodes that were I don't think ever going to air because we didn't have a format in place. But the format now is that. We ask a, a celebrity friend or someone in the business to ask us a question. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be any. They have carte blanche to ask whatever. Um, and the first part of the podcast is us kind of just chatting about life. And then we get that question and it takes the podcast down a whole. And none of it, the two, the p person who did not, the people that did not get the question don't know what the question is. Oh. So we're giving real responses and like come you know it can be like sarah silverman asked 
how do we wash our buttholes? <laughs> of course she did. That's completely something she yeah. would ask. That's hysterical. Keenan Thompson's asking about politics and women in politics. Uh, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is asking like more like if you could do this or that. Those kind of things where it's just fun. Like Natalie Maines from The Chicks is asking us about celebrity crushes. It's just it can go anywhere. So I like the like. Like, we never know what the pod, each podcast is going to be about. Super free form in that yeah. way, in a mm-hmm. structured way. That was really smart. Yeah, and then the and then the celebrity friend answers the question as well. So then you're finding out a new little piece of information from them. And, yeah, it's just like a, it's a, an hour of, like, a feel good. Like, we're giggling a lot and laughing and being dumb and silly. And we're all... Similar and very different. Right. So you're getting three very different perspectives. Well, you come from very different backgrounds. Yeah. Right. For sure. So you can't help but have some mm-hmm. pretty different perspectives. And we're all friends, but we're all learning a lot about each other as we go. And the the podcast came out of the gate so strong. I mean, the, I've we've had the amount of downloads. I'm like, it's like blowing my mind. So there's, it's cool that people are like. We're only like four episodes in, but it's been very well received. That's awesome. Thank you. So, yeah, it's like a very unexpected, cool new venture. That's great. Are you ever going to have Bert ask a question? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Too, we're, we're backlog right now. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Because we got so like, we got to ask a bunch of, you know, that we have like all these questions that we're like, I guess we need to start, you know, catching up. Getting through them. <laughs> uh-huh. That's awesome. I know yeah. Bert and... I don't know if he met May at JFL, uh-huh. but he definitely saw and talked oh, to her. I don't oh, because they got before. awards, I they think. They did. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and he became mid-level obsessed with her. With, oh. with, what's my program? May's and uh, them. With them. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so sorry. No, 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 it's all good. Really obsessed with them. Yeah. There. Um, yeah, May's at, intriguing. She, they, so I'm so sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, they are very intriguing. Yeah. Uh, and... Bert did this big deep dive on the s- clips that we saw mm-hmm. of them on the screen. Yeah. And Bert had so many conversations with May while we were there. Yeah. And he kept turning to me and going, I want to be her bro friend. <laughs> I just want to be her best bro friend. Yeah. Like, I need to bro, I need to yeah. give her some bro stuff. And I was like, dude, I bet she's had way more bro stuff than she ever needs to have in her life. Yeah, well, May's very interesting for many different reasons, but May is also bisexual, Mm -hmm. so that, you know, May does have, like, connections with women. May has connections with men. And May just connects with humans in a very, like, real way, a deep way. I love watching May interact with people because May kind of, like, their eyes kind of lock in on someone and that you you can see them captivated uh-huh. by May, so it's it's fun to watch and um and I'm getting to know May a lot more through this because we met in Australia at the Melbourne Comedy Festival like six years ago, but May was living in the UK. What's wrong? Is everything Bert, wrong? Yeah, everything's fine. Bert wants to call you and interrupt the pod. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Interrupt the podcast. I know. Okay. You know, the people that watch my podcast complain (laughs) that he cannot stay out of my podcast. If he is here, he will interrupt it. That is so funny. So I told him I was podcasting with you today. Yeah. Not shocked that he wants to interrupt it. My brother's going to his show. 
Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I yeah. saw him on Thank the list. Thank you guys for doing well, that. Of yeah. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. He's so excited. All right. Let's see what he has to say. This guy. Hello. Hello? Yes, you are on speakerphone with Fortune. Hey. So, hey, Fortune, how you doing? What's up, Bert? Hey, so I have some interesting news. Okay. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose it as a question. Leanne, what do you think the longest I ever haven't drank for is? Oh, now? This no, 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 time no, no, period no. During now? During the quarantine. During the quarantine. Do you remember what oh, I didn't drink during the quarantine? Oh, I forgot. The quarantine's a blur. I, I felt like everybody was drinking in the quarantine. He was not. You were not? No, okay. he was home with the kids. Nothing to do. Right, right. I'd say eight months. I said I was going to say three months. No. During the quarantine. You ready? Yeah. I didn't drink for 40 days during the quarantine. <laughs> 40 days. And, Impressive. And, and, at midnight tonight, I hit 41. Whoa. Oh, wow. So, so the, you beat it. So this is the and new record. Is officially the longest I ever haven't drank. Well, congratulations, yeah. babe. I yeah, saw I your picture. that with you. I saw your picture you just posted. You were looking leaner and you're very tan. <laughs> no, very tough. Oh, fortune. Let's not talk about stuff we posted. I literally wanted to leave my wife and family to go to the south of France with you and Chelsea the other day. I mean, we oh were having God. a good time. I think they were in, we're in Spain. Spain. Yeah, wherever the fuck they were, send me to that Isle of Isle of. Oh, uh, you would uh, like Amazonian it. women. Jesus Christ! And, <laughs> and Bert, a lot of speedos out there, and a lot of going totally nude. Oh, there you go, babe. Hey, listen, I'm all about spray tans. I'll spray tan before I go, and people will think I live there. <laughs> Fortune, how do I utilize this as content? Day 41 tomorrow. is a, Every day is a brand new day. I would say yeah. I challenge you to double or nothing. Double or nothing. Wow. Double or nothing, baby. You do look good, uh, bud. You look amazing. That's all I called for. Thank you, guys. I love you very much. Fortune, <laughs> I love you to death. I, I love you, you bud. My, I totally am. My brother's coming to your show in uh, Charlotte. He's pumped. Oh, I cannot wait. Is he coming backstage? Yes. Oh, okay. Right. I didn't yes, know. we got him backstage. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Thank yeah, you. Of course. He's not coming All by right. himself, though, is he? No, his wife's coming. No, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I love you, babe. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I saw him on the guest um, list. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. I don't ever want to ask for that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, please. So. Please. At this point, I feel like you're family. Oh, you guys are so good. I to really me. do. Especially because you're Southern. Yeah. And there's so few of us out here that are easily identifiable. Right. <laughs> you know, it's from a small town in the South. Lots yeah. of people from Dallas. And that's not the same. I know. It's really not the same. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just, a, you know, you just kind of have a cut from the same cloth of mm -hmm. like storytelling and mm -hmm. not taking yourself too seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, kind of. I just like, that's what I like in life in general. It's just like having a good time, mm -hmm. you know, not try not to sweat the small stuff. Mm -hmm. my, mom, my mom's old Southern saying was don't borrow trouble. Oh, that's a good one. I never heard of that. Mm -hmm. Don't borrow trouble. Yeah. That's a good one. I know there's something about uh, hanging out with somebody who knows. I, I The way you described your hometown was great because that's the way I feel. I, I grew up in a very sweet town. Yeah. Very neighborly town mm -hmm. where everybody liked each other, waved at each other, yeah. and, and, you know, cheered for each other. There mm -hmm. was no, like, there was a little bit of Hatfield and McCoys, but that's not the circle right. I grew up in. Yeah, whenever I see, like, you know, that more narrow-mindedness, like, vitriol from mm -hmm. certain areas, I go, ugh, that's not what I relate to, nor no. want any part of. Same. You know? I want to just, yeah. 
I don't want that. No thanks on that. No thanks. <laughs> so any big dreams you haven't achieved or anything you'd really like to do or somebody you haven't worked with yet? Um I definitely want to I've done a lot I've I've been lucky to do a lot of cool acting projects. Uh, I really want to be a bigger part of a movie. I've been in a lot of movies where I pop in and act kind of ridiculous and then and it's like a fun scene or whatever, but I want to be like a meteor part of of a movie. Uh, I'd like to get one of the movies that I wrote made. Uh, I've I've got a couple that are like right there on the maybe line mm -hmm. and I'm trying to get one of them edged over like Bert, you know, trying to make uh, a movie where I get to be all parts of the creative process um, and in the movie. So that's a big goal of mine. I'd really love to have that happen. Um, but yeah, just longevity is probably the biggest goal. I just want to keep getting to do this. Yeah. Whatever level that's at, I can't control that. Mm -hmm. um, but just getting to make people laugh, I, I just know how rare it is for someone to like their job mm -hmm. and i really love my job and i just want to be able to keep doing it i don't think you have to worry about that i hope not i but, don't think you do <laughs> I, but you know i always worry about like sometimes you know you talk about being comfortable in your own skin and whatnot i worry sometimes like am i interesting am i gonna be working so much that i have nothing to talk about like i'm always want to i just want to be a real human which is where that work-life balance will come into play. Mm -hmm. um, because as long as I'm um, enjoying my life, uh, that that will make having any success that much more meaningful. Of course. I don't want, I don't want one without the other. I'd like to have both. You And possible. you have both. So that's the goal. Yeah. Continue that. I think you're awesome. Well, I think you're awesome. I man. love watching you on stage. And uh, I love watching you off stage with your wife. Thank you. Well, Jackson, I talk about you too. Or like after the improv thing, you're like, Leah's the best. She's like, got it such, everything's on, on lock. She's just like, you, <laughs> your hands are doing so many different things and you just seem so cool, calm and collected. So I always appreciate when you talk to her and give her advice because she really, uh, at, listens to you and Aww. sees how you're handling everything and, and learns a lot from you. Well, I don't know if she needs any advice, but I, I hope she knows if she ever even just wants to call and go, can I just talk this through? You know, she, she would love that. I don't, I, yeah. I'm also good at just listening. Yeah. Um, but I, someone gave me that painting of a swan. Yeah. Because I had yeah. somebody come a medium came to talk oh, to yeah. me about like my ancestors uh -huh. and whatever. He was amazing. That's the West Coast party. Yeah. That's the West Coast party. That's <laughs> although, you know, there was a witch in our hometown named Haley Lancaster. Oh, and we believed in that. Witches are East Coast. Totally, totally. Yes. <laughs> Shamans <laughs> and mediums are West Coast. <laughs> okay. The witch slash medium. He in was a South warlock. Like, That's I guess. a witch. I know, right? He's a warlock, actually. It was a man, but the male, the warlock medium man yeah. person was like, I think you're a swan mm. where everything on top looks smooth and yeah. your feet are going like crazy. Interesting. So when yeah. you say that, I go, if she only knew how yeah. much on a regular basis, I'm like, I am just falling apart. I can't keep it. Yeah. It is going. How am I supposed to get this done? I would never Who's know. Who's doing laundry? Mm. I can't pick up my kid. I'm constantly like yeah. that. 
So well, you got a lot on your plate. I'm Very, glad I sell it. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> I sell it like everything's calm and cool. <laughs> well, thank you for coming to talk to of me. Of course, thanks for having me. Thank it's you. always a treat talking with you. Always, and see if your wife will come and talk to me. I will do my best. It's it's always pulling teeth getting her to be in any public forum. Uh, but no, what I like know. to know, maybe if she'll hear this, me say it if she listens to it. I like to know what it's like for her yeah to be a partner to mm-hmm. to like a rocket ship yeah i feel like i'm a partner to a rocket ship oh interesting yeah. and there's great things about that and not great things and about also that. it's hot and it's hot baby <laughs> it is and you're going fast you better yeah. put your ponytail in because right. it's gonna get windblown yeah but i mean i talked to joey diaz's wife and uh and i talked to i mean push uh, christina pachinski but i talked yeah. to her about not so much being married to tom right. but i think people are curious what it's like to be married to somebody mm-hmm. and i don't need to know like she doesn't put her toothbrush up ever that's not what i mean i mean like what she the will complain about her? my lack of cleaning oh <laughs> i can complain with her all day long yeah, about that you're gonna have a field day with that do you ever go in bert's tour bus while you're fully loaded i never ended up going oh, on the tour my bus. god proceed with caution yeah. there's a rattlesnake somewhere in that See, shit jackson jackson handle that Ooh, i can't either that's why i don't go on the bus yeah Stay home. I'm a. I, I feel like I'm. I'm not as messy as most people, but she's the next level of like clean. Loves cleaning, and mm-hmm. I'm not like that. Oh, so yeah. she's always. She, the kindergarten teacher comes out of like put your stuff up, do this, do that. Does she have a, a chore chart for you? She she, she <laughs> no because she's always doing most of the chores. She's like this one over here is not helping me with anything. <laughs> I'm like I'm tired. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> Well, thank you for it. Of course. Thank you, Lou. <laughs> <laughs>